Welcome to Slaughterhouse Stories. I hope you enjoy the stories I have for you tonight. Hello, to all you things that go bump in the night. Hello, to all you humans as well. Welcome to the show that brings you creepypastas, short scary stories, and dark horror-themed poetry from all across the world. This is the Slaughterhouse Stories Podcast, Episode 38, El Saban. I am your host and narrator, Ghost Train, telling you to lock your doors, get under your blankets, and keep the lights on. You can find the links to my socials in the show notes. Come, discuss all things spooky with me. Also, if you'd like to write in and have your email right on the show, email slaughterhousestoriespodcast at gmail.com with creepypasta requests, stories that you've written, or your own tales of real-life paranormal encounters. Before we get to tonight's first story, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you're enjoying the show, please head over and leave a review through iTunes and help spread the word to your friends, family, the whistling man coming up behind you. Whomever, tell him, be a listener, not a victim. Now, let's get spooky. To start us off tonight is a story by Marlboro Smoking Camel about someone just laying around doing nothing, thinking of the lives of friends and how they haven't done anything with their life, just laying around with their cat and scrolling Facebook, when all of a sudden, a shadow changes everything. Settle in. Relax and enjoy the child's shadow. It all started on a Friday morning. I was sitting alone, lighting another cigarette, checking my Facebook, and seeing everyone having a life but me. All of my friends had moved on to college or had a job. What did I have? A writing career that would never start. Ideas for songs, books, and video games that would only fester in my mind. I couldn't get into college because I was an idiot and said fuck the ACT. I had effectively ruined my life. As I went into the house to get a glass of milk, something caught my eye. A shadow seemed to move by itself. I thought nothing of it. After all, it's easy to get spooked in this house. I proceeded out to the kitchen poured me a glass of milk, and went back to my room. My cat, Binks, was laying lazily on the bed. He barely acknowledged my presence. I then sat back at my computer and began to cycle through some of the controversial humor there was to find on Facebook. Now that I think of it, I practice Scheidenfreude a lot, and in the corner of my eye, I saw it again. A shadow moving by itself. I turned but saw nothing. I went back to surfing the web and found I was on a completely new site. The site itself was not creepy. It was a website for some hotel. I figured I had had enough of the internet for now and shut the computer down. I turned off all the lights and went to sleep. I woke up sometime later to the sound of a child laughing. Not that pleasant laughter that they make when they play, but that laugh they make when they're burning ants or something. 
I looked around for the source, but I could see none. The laughter became more twisted and lower in pitch. I jumped out of bed and turned on the lights. In front of me, there was a small figure. It had no face, no clothes, no anything. It was just a dark thing in the shape of a child. It reminded me of what a black hole would look like if it had been given shape. It reached out as if to touch me, but I backed away, my stomach receiving a quick punch of revulsion. It simply laughed again and disappeared. I stood there sweating, like I did during my PT, with J-R-O-T-C. I tried to sit down, but then I thought of something. Where was Binks? I looked into his usual spots, but I couldn't find him. Then, I looked into the litter box. He had been smothered, in his own piss and shit. I took his body out of the box. I held him to my chest and began to cry. I heard my brother, his girlfriend, and my mother, all at the door, yelling for me. All the while, our four dogs were barking. I tried to contact them, but it was no use. I was in my own hell. All of a sudden, the knocking and yelling ceased, and I was covered in blood. I dropped Binks and ran for the door. I bashed and crashed until the door gave way. I saw them, lying neatly on the floor, with the child shadow giggling behind them. I lunged at him. I strangled him. I stamped him. I drowned him. I bashed his rotting head in. His blood was pink and cold. It felt like heaven. He finally died while I bashed his head with the refrigerator door. It was done. He was dead. I crawled over to my family and crashed. I cried and cried. It's been eight years now. My prison cell is very cold and uncomfortable, but that doesn't matter. All the discomfort in the world doesn't match the fact that I still hear the child's laughter. I've often heard that of all the shadow people, it's the shadow children that are the ones you have to worry about. And this human found out just how true that is. Enjoy your time away, human. I'm sure you won't be there for too long. While that human rots in jail, let's move to the next story of the night. This one, by the Silicone Lemming, about a green in Cambridge, England. The sight of a game, should you choose to play it, that can lead you to an amazing reward. But there are risks. What are the risks? What are the rewards? Let's find out together as you listen to A Good Night Out. There is a green in the center of Cambridge in England that goes by the name of Parker's Peace. It sits at the hub of the city and is a vast square expanse of grass the size of several football pitches with two diagonal paths crossing it. At the intersection of these two paths is a lamppost. At night, it is literally the only source of light in every direction for hundreds of feet. No one fully understands the circumstances under which certain events are allowed to transpire. The only agreed upon points are that firstly, it must be nighttime. Secondly, you must be alone. Finally, you must have been celebrating something earlier. A degree or test or even a birthday. Bear in mind that Cambridge is a student city, and students are masters at finding reasons to celebrate. There are more obscure parameters involving your movements around the various pubs in the city center, but unfortunately the quality of informative sources breaks down. 
If you do meet the criteria, you would find yourself walking towards Barker's Peace. Then, onto the tarmac path towards the Shining Beacon. As you get closer, the general din of the city will start to quiet, and you may become aware of something being off. This may concern you enough to look around. Everything will be reassuringly normal. Until you reach the lamppost, you will immediately notice that there is a source of light other than the bulbs in the lamp. About eye level from the ground, two words were burned with a malevolent orange glow. Reality checkpoint. The moment you read and comprehend these words, as much as us mortals can, the game begins. You will hear the sound of smashing glass, but not be able to discern the direction from which it came. Don't bother looking anyway, because by this point, you should be running. As you scramble as fast as you can, away from the center, you may catch the sound of a hunting horn and the base of what you hope are hounds. Now understand, this isn't one of those you-can't-look-back arrangements. You can. What you will see will probably motivate you to run that much faster. And at this point, additional speed can only be beneficial to your well-being. Sprinting along the path, your attention may be drawn to the police station, located on one of the sides. Do not leave the path to run towards it. Leaving the path will break the agreement. They've agreed that this race will be fair. It can just as easily become unfair. Approaching the end of the path, the noise of the hunt will rise to a crescendo, then abruptly die away as you leave the green. Scrutinizing the lamppost from here will only reveal a short flurry of shadows that will quickly disappear. And for this, you will receive the reward. The other side of the veil has become aware of your celebration and offers you a gesture. Tomorrow, when you wake, will be the best day of your life. For some, they may write a song that will live on for ages, or a story that will resonate through all. Others may meet their soulmate, or find their direction in life. It's truly unknown how many success stories that originate from Cambridge can be attributed to the green. One final thing to note is that anyone who completes this trial and achieve their perfect day will forever have a trophy of sorts. Whenever they cross Parker's Peace again, night or day, if they touch the lamppost as they pass, a resounding howl can be heard. Some people will convince themselves it is a dog. The hunted will know better. So what do you think, human? Can you survive the hounds? Can you win the game and seize your reward? Or will the hounds just have another hunted to play with? Personally, I'm hoping the hounds catch all of the hunted. While you decide whether you're going to play the game or not, let me give you this week's recommendation. This week, staying with the celebration of Latin American Heritage Month, I'm recommending a movie that has lots of Latin American folklore and gets so much right, more than most movies that make bad attempts at it. Head over to Netflix and watch The Old Ways. A reporter visits her birthplace in Veracruz for a story about tribal culture, only to be kidnapped by locals who believe she is demonically possessed. Is she possessed? Can they save her? Or is this just silly superstition? This movie is so good and gets so much right, so definitely head over to Netflix and put this on the watch list for this spooky season. Now that I've given you this week's recommendation, let's take a trip down to open mic night at Bezel Pamba.
Welcome, fiends, to open mic night at Beazel Pub, where we invite you to sit right here and go into the more poetic side of fear, poems of murder, creatures, and ghosts, all the things that scare you the most. Tonight at the pub, we start with a poem about someone in love and wanting to be Molly's friend, and so much more, and was willing to do anything to have her. And to end the night at the pub is a poem by the spooky motherfucker, Ghost Train, that's me, about an odd meeting in a bar that could either end up life-changing or life-ending for the listener. Enjoy these rhymes and stay out of the dark while you listen to Don't Worry, I'm Your Friend, and the meeting, the tale begins. Don't worry, I'm your friend. I'll back you up to the very end. Our bond is like not quite any other. We're so close. You could be my girl brother. When we first met that day, and I found you lying on the ground, I told you it would be okay. At that moment, I knew we were bound. And then you went home, but I just couldn't stay away. You told me it was getting weird, but you couldn't keep me at bay. You still had to go to school, and I was wrapped tightly. To you, like you are on a spool. Our friendship shouldn't be taken lightly. You finally snapped at me, telling me to leave. Then you ran, leaving me be, leaving me alone to grieve. Though you were away, my mind couldn't bear. I thought about you all day. You don't know how much I care. I started thinking of ways of keeping you down here, alone with me, my dear. I started to follow you, even studied your diet. I think for a while you knew. Now about keeping you quiet. You approached me one afternoon, threatened to call the cops. I told you to look to the moon. You turned, asked what? Your neck in knots. I admit I hit you harder than I originally thought. Out in my basement you must charter. Look at this nice rope I bought. You're finally awake. Upside down you hang. In a dark basement you bake. You hear an accidental clang. Oops, I said. I had dropped my knife, almost cut off my foot. That would have ruined my life. I only want to be your friend. You say you don't roll that way. Friends to the end. I'm going to make you stay. You look scared. Said you were sorry. We'll start over. Our friendship to men. I told Whispered, don't be scared, Molly. I grabbed your throat. Friends till the end. Well, that was a year ago. Looking back on it, I do regret. So fast your life did go, we could have married, I bet. However, you're still here, sitting here next to me. Just as beautiful, my dear, a happy couple will be. Though the stitches are deterring, sleeping with you isn't bad. I find playing with them alluring. I hope it may you're not mad. More than friends we became at the moment I heard your name. Regardless, don't worry, I'm your friend. And we'll be together. To the very end. A few shots at this shitty bar. I'm debating my place in life. I see a man in a dark corner. Toying with an old knife. He waved a hand at me. With an expression blank and cold. He said sit down and have a drink. I have a tale that must be told. 
I said thank you, but I'm sorry. I would rather be alone. He stared at me and what he said chilled me to the bone. Boy, you don't know what it's like. My deeds have brought me fame. Still the Reaper ignores it all and doesn't know my name. With dark tanned skin, cold brown eyes, a voice straight from hell, and all the fear it provides. He spoke like I'm a priest. To me he confessed his sins. He just stared to start this meeting, but finally the tale begins. These things I tell you now have never been heard before, and when it's done I'll decide if I let you walk out the door. Have your drinks, keep your mouth shut while I tell you how I'm cursed. Because in this world, there's been many outlaws, but of them, I'm the first. Molly probably should have found a better way to handle things, or at least called the cops before confronting them. But you live, you learn, and you're too dead to do anything different. And a new mysterious character with a tale to tell, I wonder who he is and where this tale will go. Well, I know who he is, but you don't. And now that we've finished with the pub, let's get back home, pretend to be safe, and get ready for tonight's main feature. Once again, here is Latin Horror. This week brings more celebrating of Latin American Heritage Month with an amazing Latin American legend. A spoiled child who always had to get his way, to the point that when he doesn't, he decides to kill his own father, leaving his grandfather to find a way to punish the boy. What does this legend say happens? Let's find out as you listen to El Soban, the man who whistles. When I was a little kid, my mother would tell me about El Silban, or the man who whistles in English. The legend of El Silban varies from person to person, but this is the version I grew up with, and personally, the one I find most frightening. There once was a little boy who lived happily with his mother, father, and grandfather in Los Llanos, a region in Venezuela. They lived a simple life of farming. However, the boy the parents raised was a very spoiled child. He would not eat certain foods and would cry out until his parents pleased him. One day, the boy asked his father to hunt deer for them to eat as a deer was his favorite. The father decided to please his son and hunt a deer for them to eat. Sadly, after hours of searching, he failed to return with anything. Ever so hungry, upon seeing that his father had returned empty-handed, he took his father's hunting knife and killed him with it. At that moment, the mother and the grandfather rushed inside only to find the boy standing over his father's corpse. As the mother cried for her husband, the grandfather took it upon himself to punish the boy. First, he tied the boy to a tree, and with a whip, he struck his back repeatedly until he bled. Then, he would squeeze lemons on his back, and finally, he gave him a sack filled with his father's remains and cast him away into the plains to carry them as he set the dogs after him. But, before he unleashed the dogs... As the boy walked away, his grandfather cursed him. Eso no se le hace. A su padre, maldito eres, patoa la vida. You should not have done that to your father. You will be damned for the rest of your life. His grandfather yelled 
as he released his grip on ropes and freed the dogs. As the dogs chased him, the boy whistled in a very distinct manner, following the traditional scale, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Si, Do, or C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, until the dogs finally caught up to him. And so the boy was cursed, left to wander the plains, bringing death to anyone whom he may happen to cross. Unlike other urban legends, El Saban does not pursue a specific brand of victims. He's regarded as an omen of death for anyone who wanders the plains at night. He would follow his victims, first from afar, until gradually catching up to them. He is tricky, for at first, you will hear his whistling coming very close, prompting you to run away. And as you hear the whistling fade in the distance, you will feel relief as you think this means you are safe. But in reality, the further the whistle, the closer he is. He will have an old farming hat. He will be very skinny. But what will set him apart is that he will be carrying a large sack, which clicks and clacks as he walks. Some say that inside the sack are the bones of his latest victims. But more likely, they are the bones of his father. He is destined to carry them forever. How terrifying for you humans. It doesn't matter who you are or what you look like. If El Saban sees you, he will stalk you and he will kill you. Keep an ear out for the whistling and listen for the rattling bag of bones. Get him, El Saban. Get him. But now I believe there's enough scares for this week. I hope you will join me again next week for more stories that are sure to keep you afraid during the day and awake at night. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the stories that I had for you tonight. And until next time... Stay spooky.